chapter 17. And I'm going to begin reading in verse number 4. It's the story that you know. I'm sure that you know this one. Beginning in verse 4, it says that there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. He had a helmet of brass upon his head. He was armed with a coat of mail. The weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. He had greaves of brass upon his legs, a tar- target of brass between his shoulders. The staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. His spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. One bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and he cried to the armies of Israel and he said to them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am am not I a Philistine and you servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and I kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. The Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. We're going to skip down all the way to verse 48 in the same chapter. It says that it came to pass when the Philistine arose and he came and he drew nigh to meet David. That David hasted and he ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. David, he put his hand in his bag and he took thence a stone and he slang it and he smote the Philistine in his forehead. That the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. And he smote the Philistine, he slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran, and he stood upon the Philistine, he took his sword, he drew it out of its sheath, and he slew him, cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And then if you want to... uh, in fact, I'll just read it just one verse. In 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 22, it tells us that these four were born to the giant in Gath. And all four of them, not just Goliath of Gath, but his four brothers as well, fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. I just want to talk here today is I feel God directing us in this as he's already started to do to talk about being giant killers giant killers amen we just just pray I just want to pray just one more time as we enter into this this sermon here tonight here, here today in Jesus name God almighty I pray Lord that you would just help me Lord as you've already started this work right now Lord, I pray that you would just let us be ready, God. Let us receive your word. God, let it sink into our hearts, sink into us, Lord, to uh, to the place, Lord, where we believe it. Where we believe your word to be true, not for the person sitting next to us, but for us. God, I, I believe, Lord, that you want to make changes. I believe, God, that you have still work left to do here today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated today. The closest that I've 
succumb to seeing a, a giant in my life was, I guess, probably uh, it was this year. Went down to a, to a Pacers game, and those are about the tallest, tallest people that I've ever seen. And there was, there was, I was there to watch the Pacers against the Mavericks, and there was one particular uh, individual. He never even got into the game, but he was sitting on the bench for the Dallas Mavericks, his name is Boban, uh, and he's seven foot four, I believe, uh, seven foot four inches tall, and quite uh, quite a a tall individual. When I saw him standing, he made even the other NBA players who were there with him look small, and that's hard to do because none of them are really small. But there's others in this uh, in this world that uh, they have taken on that moniker of a giant. There was one, his name was Andre Ruzumov, better known as Andre the Giant. Perhaps you've heard of him. He had the nickname, the eighth wonder of the world. Perhaps if that doesn't ring a bell, uh, maybe you know him as Fezzik. You know him as uh, the giant in that popular movie, The Princess Bride. He was, that was him. But before he was ever an actor in, in Hollywood, he, uh, he made himself famous on the stage of the WWF wrestling ring, and he would take down one opponent after another. Nobody was able to match him at 7 feet 5 inches tall, 520 pounds. It's quite a giant of a man. He had an unbeaten streak that lasted 15 years in the ring. He took down Killer Khan, Big John Studd, Bret Hart, Kane, The Undertaker. All of them he would take down. Now you say, this is WWF. What does that really mean? I know. But one night in Milwaukee, in the main event at WrestleMania 3 with the heavyweight championship belt up for grabs, Hulk Hogan, a fan favorite, who after 15 minutes of trying to knock down the giant, Finally, picked him up, all 520 pounds of him. Picked him up off the ground and he body slammed him to the mat. The giant had finally been defeated. The crowd, they couldn't believe it. They really couldn't imagine that somebody would be able to pick up Andre the Giant. But Hulk Hogan, he picked him up that day. He threw him down to the mat, and that crowd just went wild. See, let me just tell you that as dramatic as that win was that night for Hulk Hogan, and that was just for entertainment's sake. He didn't really kill the giant. He took him down that night, but he didn't really kill him. I'm sorry to spoil it for any wrestling fans, but... Uh, it was probably staged that night. I don't, probably staged. Maybe. Maybe they knew how that one was going to end. What I'm searching for really here today is a true giant killer. Hulk Hogan, he may have defeated the giant that night, but he didn't kill him. All he did was knock him out. Knocked him down. So I, I went, I went searching, you know, what, what are some, maybe in the animal kingdom, what, what kind of giants can we see? What kind of fearless animals do we see? 
You know, somebody who is ferocious can take down something that is twice its size, three times, five times, ten times its size. Uh, we, we have that picture of, of a honey badger. Anybody ever seen a honey badger? Maybe like, at least like anybody like gone down the YouTube trail of, of a honey badger and you begin to see these things and they are crazy, crazy, crazy animals. They do not care. Honey badger don't care. Not one bit. This, uh, I, I watched one video of, of a honey badger that it, it was like dancing around with this venomous snake, one of the most venomous snakes in the world. And it's, uh, it had just a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a, fight with that one because it didn't quite know how to strike, but the honey badger won. But it's not just little snakes that it'll take out. It'll take down a zebra. The honey badger, it, it's, it's a fair fight, not just against one hyena, but two hyenas. I've seen a video of a honey badger take on the hyenas. I've seen a honey badger take on a jaguar, which is certainly a fierce fighter itself. I've seen two honey badgers that they took on six lions they weren't they weren't able to completely take them out but they did hold their own a honey badger is one of the most fearless animals in the world it's not that large but it's ferocious what about if you get off of the land and go into the sea you have some very uh very uh large animals that are in the sea and, and you know things such as a blue whale, but a blue whale itself may not be ferocious, but uh, there is, uh, there are some very uh, large animals that are in, uh, in, in the sea that are able to take down even a blue whale that can weigh up to 600,000 pounds. This giant of an animal. On multiple occasions, researchers have found pods of killer whales that will work together to take down the largest animal on earth, a blue whale. Through their relentless attacks, that giant blue, blue whale will eventually be taken down. The killer whale, it can definitely hold its own in a fight. It's a giant killer. But even more mind-boggling, perhaps, is a giant killer with the name Neglari Foleri. And you say, what in the world is that? This tiny single-celled organism will enter through the nose of an animal or a human who is submerged in the surrounding water where it lives. And once it enters into the body, infection starts to set in with fever and nausea and vomiting. That quickly progresses to a lack of attention and loss of balance and then seizures and then hallucinations finally resulting in a coma and death. This brain-eating amoeba, though just a single cell, can literally take down a giant. Now, of course, the most famous giant killer that we know is not a honey badger. It's not a killer whale. It's not a brain-eating amoeba, but it was a young boy who stood there before Goliath on that day. He was probably 
around 15 years old and he volunteered he rose up his hand and he says I may have just arrived on the battlefield today but I see somebody defying Israel and defying and disrespecting our God and I believe that as God has led me to take down the bear and he's, he's helped me to take down the lion that God is on our side and he can help me to take down this giant who's standing between us and certain victory David had a fighting spirit within him. He he went before King Saul. He said, I know that I can do this. King Saul fitted him with the armor that he had because David wasn't a, a soldier. And so he didn't have all the armor and all of that. He put it on him and he began to move around. He says, this isn't going to work. I, this isn't how I fight. Let me take the armor off and let me just go back to the basics. Let me go back to the way that I know how to fight. And so he went out and he got himself five smooth stones. He put those stones inside of a pouch and then he went out into that battlefield with just a sling in those stones. See, I find it intriguing that before David ever showed up on the battlefield, everyone was so fascinated with the enemy. All that they could see was this champion that was on the other side of the valley who would walk towards them every morning, morning after morning, and asking them, is there a man here who is willing to fight? Every one of them could see this giant. They were paralyzed with fear. They knew every story about this man's victories, that over and over and over he would win in battle. They knew every detail about Goliath of Gath. They knew that in height he weighed six cubits in a span that's a little over nine feet tall. They they saw that helmet of brass and they wrote that down about the helmet of brass that he had on his head. He was covered with armor. They knew exactly how much this man's armor weighed. It was nearly 125 pounds. They saw the bronze leg armor that he had they saw the bronze javelin that was attached to his shoulder they saw the they they saw the head of his spear and they knew the exact uh, amount that the head of this man's spear weighed for it weighed 15 pounds he had an armor bearer who carried his shield in front of him that was always ready for the battle see but when david showed up he didn't care about all those details All that David knew was that there was a giant standing there in the way of what God wanted to do for his people. And God never intended for his people to be terrorized by the enemy. He never intended for them to stand there with a champion coming against them and telling them that they are going to be the servants of the enemy. No, David, he simply looked at, looked beyond Goliath and he saw something far greater than Goliath because he knew God was on his side. See, Goliath may have been a nine foot tall, undefeated champion with 125 pounds of armor at the brass helmet, carrying a spear that was larger than David himself. But none of that scared David away. And you want to know why? Because David was a giant killer. Before that day ever came, David had already experienced some time alone where he was killing giants. 
that lion and that bear when he was out there tending the sheep and then when they came up against him these are giants of animals and yet David knew that God was on his sides and he knew that he could just take one rock slinging at that animal and that if he hit it in the right way that that animal would fall down and he would have an opportunity to finish it off see can I just say that what you do in your private time in your private devotion, it matters. What you're doing behind the closed doors matters. You may think that nobody sees, that nobody has any clue what's going on, and that it's not really going to affect you. But if you are not practicing your giant killing in your alone time, then you're never going to slay giants when it arrives with everyone around A giant killer spends their time out in a field slinging stones to hit the trees. They spend time skipping those stones across the river. They spend time perfecting their their skill. And they're, they're practicing for when that day comes that they will finally be able to sling that stone and to kill something that actually matters. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the personal devotion that we are called to have, that we ought to have in our own life because there are some giant that are going to arise in your life that that personal devotion that that time that you spend in prayer it's all going to come back in that moment and you're going to be equipped to be able to take down those giants that will stand against you and tell you I'm bigger than any than anything that you have on your side but you just reach back into that time of personal devotion you reach back into that and say no you're not because I know that my uh, that my time and devotion it's taught me one thing and that is there is nothing greater than my God there's nothing that I can't take down with a prayer to the God of the heavens and the earth there's nothing that's greater than him because I've taken things down in my past and they may not be as big as you are but yet I know that God is greater see if David had never killed a lion And if he had never killed a bear when he was by himself, he may well have passed on this opportunity to fight Goliath. He may have said, that's for somebody else. If he had never practiced giant killing in his alone time, then why would he think that he could possibly stand up to Goliath and have a chance at defeating him on that day? Our personal devotion matters. Our prayer time matters. See, I choose to believe that we have some giant killers in this room here tonight. Somebody who, they will spend time in, in prayer. They will spend time with God. And as God begins, come on, to, to, to strengthen us and to speak words in us about our future and begin to speak words about even our present, where we're at right now, it begins to rise, have something rise up inside of us that tells you, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Come on, you have what it takes to, to break down any walls you have what it takes to break down want any barriers that to stand in the, your way of what God has in store for you that's really where the battlefield begins for the bat, David's battlefield it didn't begin in the valley where he was standing between the, the armies of Israel and the armies of the Philistines his battlefield started there out in the out in the pasture fields where he was tending the sheep that's where his battlefield started. He was getting ready to take down giants even then. See, I believe that there are some giants 
that stand in our way here today. That today in this place, come on, we've already here this morning in all of our classes uh, throughout this place, we are talking and focusing in on repentance. And, and, and what a, a powerful, uh, powerful thing for us to, to focus in on because what it does when we come to a place of repentance is it, it brings the light to the, the areas of our life where we still have some things that we're struggling with. It brings the light some things where, where we say, I've made this mistake and this isn't the first time I've made it. You've, you've come up against this one before. The devil, he scouted you out and he knows what makes you tick. And he, he knows that he can continue to put things before you that's going to cause you to stumble. If, it, if, he, if he continues doing this and putting this thing in front of you, then, then he knows he's going to get you to stumble. And you come to that place of repentance again. And sometimes that's where it gets hard when we repent. Because we're like, I, I promised last time I wasn't going to do this again. I promised I wouldn't fall and fail again. Telling you that there are giants that will rise up in our mind at times that they say you're never going to get over it. There are certain things that will come up against you that will tell you this one is too big for you to truly gain victory over it. This one is too strong for you to ever finish it off. You may knock it down every once in a while, but it's going to raise its ugly head again. And it's a giant that's coming against you. Come on, there are giants that have been passed down through family trees that you have come here today. And through no fault of your own, you have a tendency to go in certain directions because of your family tree and the genetics of, of, of things that have been passed down. But yet, God is able to slay any giant. God is able, come on, to even put in you what it takes to become a giant killer today. Well, there are some who you learned at a young age what family dysfunction is all about. What a dysfunctional family looks like and, and you promised yourself that that was never going to be you. But yet, you stand here today and, and you see dysfunction around you and you don't know how to get your hands around it. You don't know how to defeat it. You don't know how to get everything right. And you feel as if this giant of family dysfunction that, uh, that, that's weave this ugly web into your life, uh, the, these things that, have, that, that are there and you don't know how to approach it and it's, it's hard, it's messy and, and that's what giants often are, they're, they're messy situations, they're things that you don't even really know where it started and you don't know how to, how to overcome it now or else you would have already taken that step and you've tried this and you've tried that and, and yet uh, you, don't, you still have that, that person in your family that doesn't want to talk to you and you have this... Uh, thing that's happening over here and you have to talk to them but it's never it's never a good conversation and you have all these things that are so messed up and and you've almost given up on it because it seems like too big of an issue too big of a problem a giant that's there in your life on these things that 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 they have haunted you for for Far too long, they're standing out there just like Goliath did every day where he'd come out and he'd say, here it is again. 
You can see it. You, you can even expect it to raise its head right now. You can expect this giant's going to come up again. But I just believe that God is able to even overcome the things that have, that have weave webs that are so uh, so intertwined and have so many things around them. Come on, that God is still able to to come and to bring peace into situations and to bring hope and to bring uh, to, to bring uh, th- these things of dysfunction down to a place where God can heal those relationships and God can begin to mend the brokenness that is there and God. Come on, those those people that they don't want to talk to you and you say, God, what can you do? Because I can't change them. God can begin through your prayers to change the very situation. And it may not happen on your timeline that you want it to. But continue praying. Continue standing up and say, I'm a giant killer for a reason. It's going to happen in my prayer room. But I'm going to keep praying for this giant to fall. I'm not just going to accept this giant as the one who's always going to be there in my life. I believe that God is going to bring us close. I believe that God is able to do it. But it's not just family dysfunction. We have those even today that are dealing with alcohol and nicotine and marijuana and and addictions uh, to things that, that, that you have been addicted to for a very long time and you've tried to give them up. But you have not been able to to this point. God is able Let me tell you that God is able to free you from that addiction. I know that it's, it's, it's a, uh, uh, caused by, uh, you know, addictive substances that, that come and, and, and there are, uh, physical, uh, things that will happen to you, but God is able to take away, come on, that desire that you would have to go back to that addictive substance. In fact, God just did it just a couple of weeks ago. I had somebody that came after a service and they said, God's healed me. I've been addicted to nicotine for years. I don't remember five, six years to this point and from this day forward they handed they handed over come on that that thing to me and they said i am not gonna touch nicotine again because god has healed me god has healed me god is able to heal on there is there are those who you've been struggling with chronic pain for a long time you've come up and you've had prayer and you've prayed about it yourself and you say God why is this not going away and then that chronic pain that continues uh, continues day after day come on it's, it's finally gotten to a place where it's, a, it's almost a giant in your life where where, where you just telling you this is how it's going to be from this day forward that chronic pain that's there but God is able to heal God is able to heal see the giant's these giants that would raise their heads, they want to come and they want to speak loudly and proclaim things into your life as though those are the truth. The fact is, the words that they're saying are not truth because truth is rooted and grounded in God, in the Word of God. And if the Word of God says that you have freedom from, from whatever it is that you're bound by, then, then the Word of God is what's speaking truth. And this is what you can stand on. And, and what you can look around and say, yeah, but my experience says 
I'm not worried about what my experience says. I'm worried about what the word of God says. And if it says that you can be free, if it says that you can be delivered, then I believe and I stand upon the word of God. We talked about it a couple weeks ago about depression and anxiety and we had prayer for it. In fact, I'll tell a testimony. We had, uh, we had somebody uh, following that service uh, here today. Uh, in fact, they waited a couple of weeks to tell me this. But uh, they, they said I wanted to, I wanted to get past, uh, past 21 days without anxiety medicine that I've been on for, for a long time. And, and I knew that God had healed me in that service. And it's been the, the day that they were telling me this past Monday. So it's been 22 days since I've been on the anxiety medicine that I had been on for years. Where I would experience debilitating anxiety and depression and, and bouts of that. But it's been 21 days because I know when I stepped into a service here three weeks ago or four weeks ago now that God healed me from it and I know come on that they're standing here today freed because God is able to take away depression God's able to take away anxiety that it would come against you come on there's a reason why come on that the that the enemy is using depression and anxiety in such a way in this generation in fact one in five teenagers will at some point before they reach adulthood suffer through periods of depression not just anxiety the anxiety is dealing is is, is is even much more pervasive especially following this uh this past couple of years of the pandemic within our teenagers and within the the young uh young people of our of our nation that anxiety and depression have come and had severe impact upon them and it's not just reserved to the youngest ones here today but there are those adults today that every day that you wake up you say I don't know how I'm going to make it through today but that's anxiety that giant in your life I'm telling you it doesn't have to stand for much longer it doesn't have to stand let me give you a reason why because Jesus Christ he came to set you free and he came come on he is able to come and to take down those things that you've been dealing with for so long but he's asking you to believe that he is able. Believe. Come on. Find yourself equipped with his word. Find yourself equipped to believe that God is able. I've been dancing around it, but I know God is leading me to it. There's a, a horrible, horrible epidemic that is happening within the closed doors and the uh, and the, the secret spaces of individuals and I, I, wanna, I was going to say just men but this is not just a man type of an issue it's not just a giant that is raising itself against men but lust and pornography is an issue not just outside the church but inside the church you realize that Statistics say that 93% of boys and at least 62% of girls are exposed to pornography in their early adolescent years. And there are 
issues that stem from that. There's a generation that needs someone who will stand up and pray and fast before it distorts and consumes the minds of you, you yourself into a place where, where you, your, your perception of things is so off because as, as it tells us in James that when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin and sin when, when it's finished bringeth forth death. We need some people who will stand up today against that giant that continues to come against your life and to say, no longer am I going to do this. No longer will I allow, allow this giant to stand up and say that he has a hold on me. No, God is able. In fact, I am able because he it lives in me. He has equipped me with everything that it takes to overcome the giant that's in my life. That giant that would come... I am able to be an overcomer. He has made me an overcomer that today I am going to have healthy relationships. I'm going to have healthy boundaries. I'm going to have healthy, uh, come on, things within myself uh, so that I am able to go and to have life in my family and then be able to, to have good relationships with, uh, with my spouse and my children. No, I'm not going to be bound by the lust that would, that would bind this world. When there are giants that will come against us, there's bitterness. There's bitterness that will get so deep seated, deep rooted that it feels as if it's it's you're just stuck in it. You're just stuck. You can't get free. There's and I can I can keep on going. I'll just, I'll just say one more. There's church hurt. I don't know if you. Heard that term, but you probably know what I'm talking about. Those who they've, they've been hurt by the church in the past. And from that bitterness has, has set in. There's, there's a giant that's, that's come up because of the hurt that's been caused by, by somebody in the church. And, and, and I'm telling you, this, this, it could cause a giant to come up. And, and there are those friends and family members that you have who've been hurt in the past. And they're bitter. There's a giant that's in their way, but there's, I believe, somebody in this place that could stand and, and stand for that, uh, against that giant that is coming against them, that would tell them that God is not able to, uh, to, to uh, be in a, you know, come in and to, to help them to be an overcomer. God, come on, he's not one that they would ever even want to come back to. He's not worth it. No, let's say somebody that would stand in the gap to be a giant killer. Somebody who would stand there and say, it's not by my might, it's not by my power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. When you need to fight these giants through the spirit of God. You can't just walk up to these giants not having spent time on your knees. You can't, you're not going to expect them to fall without spending time on your knees. You can't just expect these things to come down just through a, you know, a few little prayers up here at an altar. Although I believe that great things can happen in one time, one, one moment when you're here at an altar. But, but let's have a place of, of, of impassioned prayer, not just a five minute prayer session. No, here, when the giant killers are the ones who they say, I need to touch the throne room of God. I believe that there's somebody here today who will say, I'll fast, I'll pray, I'll do whatever it takes to tear down the giants that are in my life. See, David, we get to know what 
how a giant killer was made in David. For David, he, at a young age, tells us in 1 Samuel 17, verse 17, that Jesse said to his David, his son, take for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and this ten loaves and run to the camp to thy brethren. So we learn that David, he listened to his father. Now understand at this time that David had already been paid a visit by the prophet Samuel. He had already experienced that oil running down his head. He knew he was anointed. He knew he had a destiny to be the next king of Israel. His time hadn't yet come though. Now you, if you're sitting here today, I believe that God has anointed you for a purpose and a plan. You are anointed. God has anointed you. To go and to fulfill the mission that he has called you to. But in the midst of your waiting and, and, and wondering, you know, what do I do now? What do I do now? We go and we listen to the voice of the Father. We go and we serve where we need to be, where we are called to be servants. See, giant killers, they understand that though God has placed his anointing on them, they must still put themselves under the authority of spiritual leaders in their life. Jesse said, son, get up, go take this corn, the bread, the cheese, go take that to your brothers to the battlefield. And he said, yes, yes, father. He submitted himself to the authority that was in his life. First Samuel 17, verse 20, it tells us that David, he rose up early in the morning and he left the sheep with the keeper. If you want to know uh, what it takes to be a giant killer, you need to learn to wake up early. What I'm talking about is I've never heard of a lazy giant killer. Giant killers have things to do. Giant killers are sacrificing some sleep to prepare for the day when they're going to face the enemy. Maybe for you, you say, uh, you know, I, early in the morning is, 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 you know, it's a little different for me, but what I'm talking about is, is, is get in a place where you have time for prayer. Don't fill your day with so many things that you don't have time for God. Don't fill your day with so many things that you don't have time to get into the prayer room. No, we need to spend some time with God because that's where He is energizing us. That's where He is beginning to equip us to be overcomers. That's where He's equipping you to go. And in fact, He's even bringing to remembrance some giants, even in those prayer times. Some things that He wants you to be an overcomer for. Verse 29 of that same chapter tells us that David said, what now have I done? Is there not a cause? I'm bringing this to a close here. Most importantly, giant killers, they have a reason for fighting. You can't just walk up to a giant and pick a fight with it for no reason. If you're expecting to win, you're not just going to, you know, with no, no real reason, just like hit a giant, try to. You know, expect to knock it down. No, there's a cause. There's something within you. It's that giant. If, if you just walk up to it without a cause, he's just, you know, you know try to pick a fight with him. He's going to swat you down like you're just some little gnat. Who were you? Who were you? You have, to, you have to have a reason for fighting. In case you didn't know, David, he wasn't, he wasn't the original giant killer. There was a giant killer that came before David in Scripture. I would say the original title of a giant killer belongs to a man named Caleb. Caleb, at 85 years old, 
He had waited 45 years to enter into the promised land. That was the last time that he had gone in there. He visited as one of the 12, as one of the 12 spies. They, he saw, he knew full well that there were giants in that land. But he still said, that's the land that God promised me. In Joshua chapters 14 and 15, the promised land was being split between the 12 tribes of Israel and each family within the tribe. And Joshua, when he gets uh, to this mountain region beyond the Jordan River, old Caleb at 85 years old, he speaks up and he says, Hey, Joshua, Moses promised me that mountain. When I was a spy and I came back with a good report, he, he said that that mountain right there was my prize. And I've waited 45 years. So give me my mountain. And when he moved in, scripture tells us that Caleb at 85 years old defeated and drove out three full clans of giants. His eyes were fixed on a prize. Nothing could stand in his way. He didn't care that the land was inhabited by giants. The only thing that uh, that he cared about was, give me my mountain. Give me my promise. I'm determined. I don't care what stands in my way. I don't care what giant may raise his head and tell me I'm not able. To, but I want my mountain. I want the prize. In fact, I, so, I just so happen to believe that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And God has a promised land that is meant for you. Come on, there's a place that God has called for you. That you are going to come and see streets of gold. You're going to see the the mansions that are there. And I want to spend eternity with with Him in heaven. And there's going to be mountains that are going to, or there's going to be giants that are going to come your way. And they're going to say, you're never going to make it there. You're never going to make it. You're never going to make it. But I wonder if we have somebody today who is like old Caleb that stands up and says, there's no giant that's going to get in my way. I wonder can we stand in this place. Caleb had a cause. David, he had a cause. What's your cause today? Is there somebody that you love that they have giants that you're going to stand in the gap for them? You're going to begin to pray and you can, you're even going to begin to fast that those giants would begin to fall. Is there anybody in this place who's a giant killer today? Come on, as we found a place of repentance already and you've already uh, had, had come to mind some things that you've been dealing with and struggling with, some, some, some issues and some giants that are in your own life. Today's the day for you to knock it down. But not just knock it down. I wonder if there's somebody who could take the sword out of that giant sheath and just cut its head off and say, no more. I'm not just knocking you down today. This is the last day that you're going to live in my life. This is the last day that you're going to raise your hand. This is the last day. I wonder if there's somebody here today who began to pray against the giants that have raised themselves up against you and against your family. There's somebody right now who can stand in the place of a giant killer and say, I'm here. I'm ready to fight. I'm, put me in. Put me in. I'm ready to fight right now. Come on, do you have somebody that you know that's been facing giants? Do you know somebody, come on, that they've been standing up against them? And, and here you are right now, and God's called you to stand in their place to, 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 to help them fight against some giants. Well, God is calling somebody right now to begin just to pray. Lord, tear down the giants. God, help me. 
God, let's God, equip me. Equip me, God, the next time this comes up. Lord, give me the right words to say. Lord, the next time that this thing happens, Lord, that I'm in a secret place, God, and I have an opportunity to go back to the same thing, the same giant, Lord. Help me, God, to have the strength not to do it. Come on, there's some giant killers right now. They find their place in a prayer room. You find your place in a prayer right here at the altar. Come on, just lift up your hands all around this place and let's just call out to the name of the Lord. Chains will never 